0: Some of you received a question on our app this week. Have you ever eaten off the ground, food off the ground? Maybe we should have asked, have you ever eaten food out of the garbage? Might have been a little different. We are glad that you're with us in this Dwell series. Today, we're going to read out of 2 Timothy 3.10, if you want to go there. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.10-17. through 17. And as I was talking about earlier in the children's sermon, this is the time of year where we remember that it's important to prepare and equip people for certain things. This last week, uh, about a week and a half ago, my kids started school. And so we wanted to make sure that they were prepared and equipped with what they needed. So we make sure that their shoes fit or they get new shoes. And, and there's my son with his backpack um, hardly being able to stand uh, with the weight of it. It's just bulging. And my daughters, actually, their backpacks were full, plus another bag. And I am, I am very grateful that the school gives us these lists so that we can prepare and equip our kids to succeed every single day. And, and Jeanette and I, we prepare them by making sure they do get to bed early and make sure they get a breakfast in the morning and get what they need to be ready to succeed throughout the day. Now, some of you don't have kids, and it's been a while since you've had to prepare or equip for school. So how about a job? When you start a new job with a business, they will train you, right? They want you to be prepared for the job you're going to do. And so they train you for maybe days or weeks or even months, but they not only teach you and prepare you, but they also give you tools like maybe a laptop or or a a drill, or a spatula. Whatever it is, they will tell you what tools that will better equip you to do the job. They want you to succeed for their business. Or maybe you're more into athletics. My wife and I just signed up for a 10-mile race. I don't know why, but we did. And so now we are preparing Yesterday, we ran five miles, and we're hoping to increase that in the next coming weeks. But not only do we prepare by running and and working out, but we also equip ourselves with with the right style of clothing that, that won't be a problem during the race, and make sure we have comfortable shoes to run. See, we're equipped and prepared to accomplish what we're trying to do. And now... To the scripture and before we get there, I'd love to pray for us Would you pray with me? God, thank you for this day and for this time to be in your word May you be glorified. May your word speak to us. May it teach us today May it rebuke us today where we are wrong. May it correct us To live a life according to your word and lord may it train us Lord, may we be honest and vulnerable in your presence today Not prideful or boastful lord Would you break any walls in our hearts that are keeping us from hearing your word? And may your spirit move us today in your heavenly name. Amen. So please read with me 2 Timothy 3. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra The persecutions I endured there, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and apostles will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those who you learned it, from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed. All of this, the Bible, is the very breath of God to his creation, his truth to you. And it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, in all these situations, we've equipped and we are being equipped to do the best and succeed. God desires the best for us. He actually has this plan for our life from the beginning of time. If you read along in the passages this week with us, we read Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. From the beginning of time, God knew you and God knew me and God had a plan for you and God had a plan for me and his word is what he gives us to equip us and prepare us to do that good work which he has planned for our life. It's far better than any plan we could ever manufacture for our life. How many of us here would like the best life? I know I don't want a bad life. And even a good life, I would rather have the best The best of the best. And God wants that for us as well. And it comes down to what we put into our lives and what comes out of our lives. Last week, Kent talked about the two houses. If you remember, the one house that was built on the sand, right? Is the person who heard but didn't obey. And when things of life came in, it completely crashed the house. But the second person was the one who heard the word of God and obeyed it. And his life was firm. So when, when things start attacking your marriage, stand on Jesus Christ and his word. When things start attacking your family, your job, whatever it is, we need to stand firm on his truth. And it wasn't an accident. I actually pre, uh, teach, uh, taught... Man, I'm not able to speak, sorry. I taught on that last Sunday night at youth group. And in our small group, I asked our eighth grade boys, how important is God's word to you? Scale of one to 10. And they said, oh, about an eight. And one of the students then said, I think a better question might be is how often do we read the Bible? And how do we live it out? And that is a great question because I can say something's really important to me and never do anything about it. Reading God's word and obeying it actually says so that we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And do you know when we are equipped to do every good work that impacts not just us but the people around us? The people who are in our lives... And do you know that when we aren't thoroughly equipped and we don't do that work that God had planned for us, that also influences the people in our lives? And so it's important that we make sure that we are reading the word of God and intaking what is positive. We've been doing this over the last month by dwelling in God's word. You've been encouraged to do that. And one of the verses I love is Psalm 119, 111. It says that God's laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. Can we honestly say that? God's words are a treasure to us. They are our heart's delight. Now, it kind of reminds me of the skit that we just watched. A skit of a person who was convinced that the garbage was good and that this was the way to go in life is eat out of the garbage because because you get to make right you get to make your own choices you no longer have to worry about the value menu or what they're going to feed you you can pick your own food and it's gonna be great and he's trying to convince his friend that this is the way to go and that it's the corporate America that's getting us down you know you can I've, heard stories like that when I talked to people about faith. I love to be able to live life the way I want to, and I love to be able to make my own choices, and I am not stuck in a little box that this God tells me I have to be stuck in. And they have such a limited view of who God is, but they are convinced. In fact, uh, in Timothy here, it talks about this, that evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, Deceiving, them, deceiving others and themselves being deceived. I was deceived in the skit. I was deceived that the garbage was real food. And I was trying to deceive other people. And it's important, what words are we allowing to come into our life? What message is speaking to us? Now, we have a lot of voices. We have kids. We have parents. We have friends, we have school, we have classmates, we have teachers, we have professors, we have coworkers. we have bosses. All these people are speaking into our lives. And we have to decide, are we going to base our life off of what we hear from them, or are we going to base our life off of maybe what the Bible says? Now, I'm not saying every single person that talks to you is uh, trying to deceive you and lies to you. What I'm saying is, what we hear in life always should be checked through the word of God. Because it is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting. And I love that verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed. It is useful to teach you the truth of this life. The creator of the universe is speaking these words to his creation. He knows what's best for us. And he wants to teach you. He wants to rebuke you, which means he wants to show you where you're wrong. Not always the easiest thing to be told that we're wrong. It's also used for correcting. And if you go back to the original Greek, this, this word for correcting actually means to be made straight again. So God knows that we're off the path, and his word makes our life straight again on his path. And then it's good for training in righteousness. I don't know if any of you have ever trained for anything, but it takes effort. You actually have to decide to do it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And so To engage the word of God in these ways, it is going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take energy, but it is worth it 100%. But just the word of warning, verse 12 says that if you want to uh, follow Jesus Christ and live a godly life, you will be persecuted. If you want to live according to the word of God, And if you want the best life God has for you, then others will come against you. They will make fun of you. They will possibly even harm you. There are people around the world that are put in jail and killed for their faith. If you live according to the word, people will come against you. So we not only want to worry about what comes into our lives Because there are a lot of voices that try to speak into our life. We also need to make sure how we respond to those voices. James 1.22 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.14 But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. I want you to think of this just for a minute. Your child goes to school. And they are taught by the teacher all the information they need to know. And they take all these great notes. And they come home and they study for hours but they never turn in a homework or fill out an answer on a test. Would that be foolish? That wouldn't make any sense. It's, it's like reading the word of God, but then actually never living it out. Or, or maybe if you went to work and you were trained and you have all these tools, and you're ready to go for the day. And as soon as you walk in the door, you go to the break room and eat ho-hos and drink pop all day and play on your phone. Well, that is extremely foolish, a waste of your resources and time to not put into practice what you've learned. Or how about you've trained for your 10-mile race, and you are ready for this race, and you walk up to the starting line, you're ready to go, starting pistol goes off, and you turn around and you go back to your car. I, that wouldn't make any sense. That would just be foolish. The same thing is, church, that if we come here every Sunday morning and, and go to Sunday school and go to a cell group and read our Bible and pray throughout the week, and yet it actually doesn't change what we do, it's, it's foolish for us. It's foolish to have the truth of God's word in front of us and never respond to it. When God's word is your foundation and comes into your life, and when your life reflects God's word and you let it equip and prepare you, you will be ready for every good work God had planned for you from the beginning of time. Every good work. The best life. And and I don't want you to think this is a get-rich-quick scheme. That if I just do A and B, I'm going to be awesome. It's not a six weeks to a better you. It's not some prosperity gospel. This is God's word that says, Let my word engage your life. Live according to it and you will do the good works I have planned for you. I'm not sure about you, but I desire to do what God has planned for me because he knows much better than I do. I have to admit that this week I uh, was sitting in the youth room preparing for the sermon and I did start to... uh, I kind of get emotional about what this was saying because I do believe God's word is extremely important and it has truth for our life every day and that we should read it and that we should live it out. And then I found the recent Barna Research, which is a Christian group that asks questions of communities. And once again, as of two months ago, Cedar Rapids is number three on the list of least biblically minded cities in the country which means 14% of our community reads their Bible one day a week at least and believes that it's accurate. That means 86% of our community doesn't read their Bible at all and doesn't think it's accurate. Actually, probably thinks it's a fairy tale. 86% of the people that we come in contact with every day think the Bible is fake And that is, they don't even look at it at all. Our church did a survey. And one thing that it said was that 40% of us here in this building right now believe that the Bible has authority to help us make decisions in life. Meaning six out of 10 of us sitting right here, right now, don't believe the Bible has power To help us make decisions in our life. I don't know about you. But that makes my heart heavy. 20% of us say we read our Bibles every day. That's good. Can I uh, ask that we do a quick survey here. To see if something's changed in the last month. And and I hope you will engage with this. Uh, This is a safe zone. This is a safe place. But I just want to see how we relate to our community. So uh, could I see a, a show of hands of people who have opened their Bible at least once this week? Okay, I think we're better than 14%. All right, how about, keep them up uh, two, 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 two or more times, three or more times, four or more times, five or more times, six or more times. Okay. Okay. I would say we're even more than 20% that our survey said two months ago. So I see that this is increasing. I want to encourage all of you who raised your hand for one through seven. Keep going. Keep going. And then add. If you did it one day, try two days this week. Two days, try three and so forth and so on and keep growing. One thing I added this week was I asked these four things in 2 Timothy 3.16, I said, "How God, what are you trying to teach me in this passage? What are you teaching me as I read the scripture? God, what are you trying to rebuke in my life? What are you bringing up in my life that needs to change? God, how are you helping me correct and keep my life straight? Lord, how are you training me and what do you want to train me? So I encourage you to add that, not just read the word, but do it. I want to take some time and close in prayer here. So if you guys would all bow your heads with me and close your eyes. Actually, I have one question left as you keep your eyes closed and heads bowed. If you would be honest with me today, if you would make eye contact with me today, if you uh, didn't open or read the Bible at all this week, if you would be willing to look at me, I would like to encourage you. Thank you guys for being honest. God loves you, and God's word is for you. And God wants you to experience a great relationship with him. And as you read God's word, you will hear his heart. So I encourage you this week to open up God's word and know that he loves you and that he saved you. God, you are a God of forgiveness, a God of grace. You are a God of wisdom and a God of truth. And I pray today as we step out of this room that we will grow in our understanding that your word is the only truth that leads to the good works you have planned for us. Your word is the only word that leads to the best life now and forever. God, I pray that you will come and change our hearts to be more like you. We pray this in your heavenly name.